do rate us on iTunes. We like ratings. Or like they're great. Good ratings. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> whiskey, whiskey. The singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now when we're lower in the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, Welcome to the Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast that tends to get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock. I'm the author of the Whiskey Cabinet, and my co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. You can also find our podcast on the website whiskey.buzz. If you want another song. Uh, welcome to episode 56, and um, today we're going to have a special guest on, but before we do that, uh, Jamie, we, you and I are on YouTube again. We've, uh, we're kind of messing up our YouTube channel a little bit. Well, I was going to say, I'd like, actually, I'd like you to refer to me as YouTube sensation Jamie Johnson from now on. Yeah, the uh, 100 uh, views or so, they're... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> your your yeah. sensation in Japan is what is going on right now. It uh, hasn't quite reached the North American market, but in uh, uh. the Japanese market, it's really, uh, it's really, you're really taking off. There's billboards, I believe. They have some couple of billboards. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Advertising um, like American I said, whiskey. Sensation. Absolutely. Sensation, yeah. We, we yes. should not understate that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely. Putting the word sensation before my name is like pretty much my, you know, my life's work. As soon as that happens, I'm done. <laughs> You're done. Um, I'm done. I quit. Just like at a party, you leave on a high note. You're like done. Yep. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we did, um, you know, a fun little uh, recap of last, uh, the last episode we posted um, where Mark uh, talked about his lovely trip to Kentucky. And we also did a... I don't even know what you would call it. It's like a recipe for a horrible drink. Um, and we showed everyone how to make Mark's Traveler uh, that him and the bachelor party took to the horse races in Kentucky. And I highly suggest that you watch it, but I also highly suggest that you do not make that cocktail. Right. Because it's um, awful. <laughs> well, big shout out to Suresh Das. That's uh, uh, came came by here at 8.30 in the morning and we we uh, taped. Uh, we're going to try to do more of these kind of a preview video of uh, what we're uh, what each podcast is about or every few podcasts. And then, yeah, we we made a terrible cocktail and uh, we made a mess on my dining room table. Yeah. And, and your floor and my floor. And then Thor barked. Yeah. Uh, actually, have you ever watched that? Did you watch that video? If you look at the bottom left corner, when I first showed uh, Nicole that video, um, all she could do was laugh because Thor's little head is um, yeah. just above the table and he's like Aww. looking at the camera. And then every once in a while as I talk, he like kind of looks over at to me, his eyebrows move and he looks at the camera again and eventually just collapses to the ground and then he like runs because he hears a noise and barks at the door yeah yeah he's a star he might actually be the actual youtube sensation not me you know i had such high hopes for thor but i you know he's so (laughs) adorable and yet has not made it to the uh youtube sensation realm you never know you never know this could be it for him you never know. Um, so we have, uh, we'll put links to the uh, YouTube video, but please watch. It's uh, just another uh, another avenue where we talk about whiskey um, and, and don't make the cocktail I made it. I made it. Don't just, make it. Just don't no, just, do your, just trust me. Don't yeah. do it. There's, there's just better ways it. of batching There's cocktail. so many other cocktails out there to make. This is not the one you want to like spend your time on or waste your whiskey on. Absolutely. Unless absolutely. you're on a bus for like a bachelor party go and everyone's like on the same page. But like, no, this is not like a sit in front of Netflix and catch up on your house of cards kind of cocktail. You'd be really disappointed. <laughs> the worst part is too, you can't really reuse it because a lot of pop, a lot of fizzy drinks. So it's just going to oh, go yeah, flat afterwards. Um, yeah. So today on the show, we've got Eric Burke from the bourbon dot com. Um, Yay, Eric's back. Thanks for coming back. Yay. (laughs) Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Now, um, Eric, I think, uh, you know, bourbonguy.com is a great website to go to. A little less traditional reviews because you generally personalize the reviews. It's not just about the whiskey, but kind of it's almost in some cases is like your your journal of of life and how it relates to whiskey. For sure. I I actually hate writing tasting notes just because I find them less exciting than what the person's thinking. Yeah, absolutely. I want to know about people. hundred percent. Yeah. I am absolutely on board on that. That That's really, really great. And you've uh, recently, uh, so we're going to talk, the topic, the main topic is going to be affordable whiskeys because you, uh, for March Madness, you did a blind tasting of 16 whiskeys and kind of picked your favorite yes. whiskey at a certain price point. So why don't you start us off there? Tell us what you, uh, tell us this from the very start or what, how did you sure. put this together and, and how it went? Well, basically, a few years ago, I realized that I really don't give a darn about uh, basketball. And the entire, (laughs) it seems, North American continent 
pretends to love basketball for about a month straight. <laughs> and I, I, I wanted to be part of the, the group think. I wanted, I wanted to compete. I wanted to have fun things. But since I hated basketball and I loved whiskey, I thought, ah, I'm not filling out basketball brackets. I'm not betting money on, on uh, you know, young kids who are trying to uh, make their dreams come true. Yeah, who cares about dreams? <laughs> I'm going to instead rank a bunch of uh, of whiskeys and uh, and and bracket them out and see what I what what I can find. Now, because I buy all of the whiskeys that I, I review, I had to go cheap because 16 really good whiskeys all at one time. Kind of would break the budget, right? So, so I, I uh, came up with the idea of of the bottom shelf bourbon brackets, um, partly for alliteration. I'm not going to lie, and partly um, just because that's what I could afford to buy that big of a of an allotment of. But weird thing happened. Other people seemed to like it too. So I just kept doing it every March um, till till now. In fact. That's awesome, and and uh, I'm looking at it right now on your website. Um, and well, actually, to preface uh, this, which I think this will be a, a nice little segue, is to to find out what everyone's drinking at this point because um, I have kind of a shocker revelation of Ontario whiskey prices at this moment. Um, but what are you guys drinking? So I am drinking. Um, I'm I'm going through. I have just no room in my whiskey cabinet right now, so I'm taking anything that's like a heel heel and drinking the rest of that. Which is no reason why. I just I just actually found this in the back. Um, uh, it's Jim Beam, the 12 year old, the signature craft series. Um, love it. Enjoy it. A lot of burnt sugar, kind of simpler notes, but lovely, lovely whiskey. And uh, wish it was bottled maybe a little higher proof, but otherwise I'm very happy with it. Excellent. And Eric, I am not drinking bourbon, if you can believe it. Oh. I know. Controversy. Curveball. (laughs) I have the uh, Jack Daniel single barrel rye, which is very possibly, and and I'll have a review of this coming out soonish. I have to because the bottle's getting empty. Um, (laughs) It is uh, very very good. Just a little spoiler alert. Great. We love to hear that. That's awesome. uh, it, it may be, I know that Jack Daniels doesn't get a lot of love from Whiskey Geeks, but this may be something that changes that if the rest of the bottles are as good as the one that I bought. Awesome. Oh, we got to try the rested rye. Yeah. Um, right. So, And that was delicious. So I'm, I, I believe you, actually, that that is a delicious pour. What proof level is that at? It is. I happen to have it right here at hand. Um, <laughs> 47% ABV. Yeah. Okay. That's great. I, cause I was gonna say the bottle we had was 40 mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm. but it was, uh, it was, it was really nice, uh, just from the start. And, I, and actually last time I was in Kentucky, I meant to, uh, procure some of that and I could not find it. So there you go. Oh, oh there you go. I, it is normally Minnesota gets a little bit of a, a lag on certain things, but even my little corner locally owned liquor store has, has a bunch of this on the shelf. It's quite nice. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I am drinking Booker's that is currently for sale in Ontario at the LCBO for $80. What? Wow. So, yeah. and that's, that has gone up in price uh, for us since the last time it was released. So, um, yeah, I think that's actually a good segue into what? Expensive whiskey? <laughs> expensive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could get a. Case of six of Booker's at Binney's for three hundred bucks in the U.S. So it's about fifty. Well, it's fifty-two dollars per bottle. So that's kind of the. Yeah. Well, that's basically the price with the exchange rate. But um, the other bourbons in Ontario have not gone up with the exchange rate. So this is an interesting uh, thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's about. Uh, I think high forties is about where what it is somewhere around here. Okay. Yeah. There so. You know. Wow. Okay. Well, I better enjoy this then. I'm glad I got into the bottle eventually. <laughs> You had you had issues again getting into the bottle. I did. In case you want to follow my issues, I'm on Twitter at Bourbon Thing. You can <laughs> see me angrily tweeting Jim Beam about why it's so hard to get into their bottles. <laughs> oh boy! Amazing. Not my finest moment. No, um, no. So, uh, so yeah. So, give us the uh, the inside scoop on your uh, bottom shelf bourbon brackets for 2016. 
Oh, right. Well, my first, I had a few rules put in place um, because I just, ultimately the goal is to find something that I like that I don't have to spend a lot of money on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always try to have a majority of um, bourbons that I haven't had before. Uh, I I, I played fast and loose this time because there are really only so many um, lower priced bourbons in the market that even even now when our local um, selection seems to have skyrocketed, mm-hmm. a lot of that is higher price stuff. Um, so what my, my rules were, try to have it be something new. Um, bring back the last two years' um, champions mm-hmm. to uh, see how they fare off against new uh, competition. And uh, it has to be a straight bourbon. And it, uh, yeah, that's basically it right there. Okay. Um, and... Then I would I, I would seed them based on the last year's champion got automatic first seed. Um, the and then it went stated age if there is one um, is a is a factor that'll either bump you up or down because uh-huh. uh, if you're below if, if you're below where you have to below four years you have to state an age so I'm gonna I'm gonna dock mm-hmm. you for that but if you're if you're above and you state an age yay you get rewarded right um, and then proof so. Higher proof ranks higher than than lower proof. Now, what was the sorry? What's the price point uh, for this? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I suppose that helps. Yeah. Uh, it is under twenty dollars for a liter. Wow, fifteen dollars <laughs> for seven fifty. Wait, we only laugh because the uh, the because we, we've never this doesn't exist for us. <laughs> right, legally we, under not, Ontario law, you cannot sell whiskey up for under twenty four dollars. <laughs> we are not familiar with this, but this sounds like a dream come true. So. <laughs> It's quite nice. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I enjoy the fact that, that three years in a row now I have found something that I am extremely happy with for under $20 or 15 for a $750. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's the price point. That's the basic rules. Um, what else do you want to know? Well, I mean, let's look at the, let's look at the um, uh, kind of let's set up the stage a little bit because sure. um, so your first seed, which I, so that was your winner from last year. Right. Uh, yeah. So that was the fighting cock. Fighting cock was was the was who won last year. A year before that was J.W. Damp Bottled and Bond. All right. Now, where is the who makes that? Uh, both of those are made by Heaven Hill. Okay. So both okay. Heaven Hill products. Oh, I see. Because there's Division One first seed and second seed. Uh-huh. And so the second seeds in both divisions were uh, Evan Williams and very old Barton eighty six right. proof. Um, yep. Just a great drink right there. Yes. Um, and yeah. so those were... Uh, and newly available in the price point, which is why it made it in. Ah, excellent, excellent. Yes. And then, so some of the other ones were uh, Jim Beam. And then he went with some... Yeah, those was Jim Beam, Wild, Wild Turkey. Turkey. My fave. Yeah, there you go. Buckhorn. But not, but not Wild Turkey 101. Wild this, Turkey 81. This, this is right, the, 81. The, 81, the I'm previously assuming. known as Wild Turkey 81. Now just known as Wild Turkey. Right. Rebranded. That's right. That's right. Right. Rebranded. Yes. We just got some bottles in with the rebranding here. So, yeah. And you had Jim Beam against old, very old Barton right in the division number two, uh, second and third seed. So owned by the same company. No. Oh, no. Sorry, they're not. Very old Barton is a a Sazerac product produced out of... uh, the 17, Barton 1792 Distillery in Bardstown. Right, 1792. That was my mistake. Yes, okay, that makes more sense to me. All right. Uh, very old Barton uh, against Jim Beam. Uh, anyway, uh, t- take us on. So you did all these tastings blind? Correct, yes. We, uh, both my wife and I, together, um, would, I would put down a, uh, a sheet of paper, and I'd put two glasses on there. One would be labeled A, one would be labeled B. I'd pour the, the drinks. So I knew what was A and what was B. She didn't. She would come in and move them to either a one or a two, swap or not swap, basically. Right. And uh, so she would know what was, if one was A or one was B, I would not. So then neither one of us really knew what it was. Worked out quite well. Awesome. That's yes. great. So they basically double swap. See, see, Jamie, sort of like what you and I do and sometimes accomplish successfully when we well, do Well, I was going to say, I'm sure they're more organized than you are, Mark. <laughs> Probably because they use a paper and pen. I just, you know. <laughs> There's a lot of pens and papers going oh, on. See? I have mine that. She has hers. Gee, I, I have no memory. And plus, after, after, you know, you only have an ounce of each. But depending on how many you do that day, you might start to forget which ones, you're, which ones are which. 
And also, let's set the stage a little bit. Let's talk about glassware a little bit. What are your glassware requirements for this? Uh, I always, all of my tasting notes are done using a Glencairn glasses. Okay. All right. All right. Is, is, is that is that acceptable, Mark Bylock? I, I was curious. I was. There's no judgment. I was just curious. <laughs> I, I I started out using those, and at a certain point, I was introduced to other ones, um, and I just realized that for one thing, because different glassware brings different <laughs> sensations, I just wanted to keep it consistent, and I've always plus I have an amazing amount of them now. Because I swear, everywhere I go, gives away a Glencairn glass. Oh, yeah, yeah, so that's I was right. Say they're they're we'll they're a swag bag. Uh, yeah, exactly. Staple it's just, at this exactly. point, yeah. So and sometimes the logos don't do wear off after a bunch of dishwasher runs, um, and that's and, and, fine too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's really great. So the and then um, now we met your your lovely wife. Uh, she's yeah. awesome, and um, she drinks whiskey about as much as you do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we have a lot of couples. That's actually funny. A lot of our listeners are, are couples and they listen to Whiskey Together, uh, which I think is really, really great. And so this is a really fun thing to do. You could just actually do at home, uh, do blind tastings and have preferences and try to guess mm-hmm. things. And, um, and th- so in this case, so now when you're doing this kind of scenario, uh, how familiar were you with the drinks? Could you kind of tell, oh, this is definitely Jim Beam White Label? Or, I mean, I, I would imagine like Certain wild turkey would be I've easy to pick before. out. Yeah. You know. Honestly, Wild Turkey was one of those weird ones because I'd never had the 81 proof before. And uh, I was a little shocked at that one because I did not pick it out. Um, I, some of them, obviously, I've had before. Like the JW Dant is a, is a uh, staple in my house. I have that all the time um, because it's always affordable and it's, uh, it's almost always good. Um, so sometimes it's better than others, as I recently found out. Yes, yeah, some of these I knew. Like Very Old Barton, I kind of had an idea which one was Jim Beam, which one was Very Old Barton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought I had an idea as to which one would be Wild Turkey, which one would be Evan Williams 1783. I was wrong because the Wild Turkey 81 slash regular Wild Turkey is pretty weak. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really shocked at that one when I, when I was tasting them. I was, I was like, hmm, this one tastes good, but there's really nothing to it. Mm-hmm. And... All of a sudden, I'm like, wow, this, this, this one can't be the wild turkey. That's totally opposite of what their brand is. And then, sure enough, at the end, it was wild turkey, and I was shocked. Could not believe it. Um, one of the other weird revelations this time around was that, for the first time ever, I allowed a store brand in. Um, partly just because it, the, the story of, of the year this year was the fact that a large national chain liquor store entered the market um, two years ago. And this year, we're finally starting to see some effects of that, um, where they come in and they, they sell national brands for pennies over cost. And in order for other people to compete, they're having to do fun things like get more barrel picks, um, lower their own prices, or uh, you know things like that. And so selection is going up, prices are going down. And so I was like, well, you know, that is kind of the story of the year. So I'll bring in one of their so-called exclusives by a weird quirk of Minnesota law. You're not allowed to have exclusives. Uh-huh. So everybody can, uh, can order the Total Wine exclusives. And uh, a lot of people will then undercut them on those. So because huh. those are their high margin products. So it's, a, it's an interesting time right now. So I let in a Total Wine exclusive and... Mm-hmm. It did really well. Mm-hmm. The first time it beat out the Fighting Cock. It was. It's a. Uh, I think it's a forty. Yeah, it's a. It's an eighty proof whiskey, and it beat out a hundred and three proof whiskey. Wow! Uh, wow! Yeah. yeah, I was shocked. But it is made at the Barton Distillery in uh, by Sazerac, same as the very old Barton. So, really, not that. Really, shouldn't expect it to be like bad stuff. But I had no idea of its provenance when I bought it. I just said. Yes, let's let's try this for this time. So, I mean, this really is a fascinating study because you you have so you had two old Barton products, you had Wild Turkey, which is just beloved in that one hundred and one to rare breed range, and uh-huh. I agree with you. Eighty one is 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 well, a weaker. Like, it's it's a bottom it shelf mixing drink for sure, exactly. especially and, when you when you like put it up against you know other other 
when you're not going, you know, sort of through the brands and you expect it to get sort of um, more intense in flavor, you actually sort of recognize it, 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 you're right. It is. It doesn't quite hold up right. the way that you want it to. Exactly. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, JW Dant uh, Ball and Bond because that is not some not one I'm familiar with. Sure, it's uh, one of uh, Heaven Hill's Bottle and Bond line, um, obviously through the name. It um, it is a uh, a whiskey that honestly tastes a lot like the Evan Williams Bottle and Bond. It tastes a lot like the okay. uh, uh, you know it's all of those are are kind of in a uh, in a um, flavor profile i guess but they don't i just did i recently also did a uh, a post where i just kind of went down the line and compared them and mm-hmm. i happened to do it for uh the heaven hill bottle and the bond line and as far as i'm concerned compared to the other ones J, jw dant tends to have a bit more butterscotch to it it's um than say some of the other ones mm-hmm. uh, now they even though they all have to be um, four years, at least four years old. They all have to uh, be hundred proof. You know all the other rules, like be made in one distilling season at one distillery, and all of that uh, to be bottled in bond. Somehow, based on where they are aging them or the barrels that they were were choosing for each one, they all do taste slightly different. And it's something you really notice when you have them side by side. But if you don't have them side by side, it's not enough that you probably like. Yes, this one's the Danton. This one's the Evan Williams or what have you, because they are fairly similar. Yeah, I uh, definitely agree with that. I think even like Elijah Craig and Evan Williams, um, you know, likes the single barrel. They they don't, you know, there's not that much variety. Certainly, they, they play, play with the proof levels a little bit, right? Um, but I, companies like Jim Beam will play with like you know proof levels. It gets barreled in and age times right. and a lot more yep. variety there. Whereas Heaven Hill doesn't seem to in their general product line play with that much variety so yeah it gets yeah, very similar it, I, tasting products yeah i haven't heard anything i'm not going to say they don't but yeah i i haven't heard anything about about whether they do or don't but uh i do know that they age them in different areas of around kentucky and i i once talked to a a guy who was there who uh who told me like their their henry mckenna comes from like a hillside that gets lots of sun all the time whereas their evan williams might be from a different area um so just the environmental factors seem to have a have a a bunch of difference as far as they are concerned. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and yeah. actually, this is actually because uh, I was uh, reading on your website you were you were saying that you had sort of uh, uh, you've been a little under the weather lately, and and we yes. were talking about earlier how we 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 love the fact that your blog sort of brings you into. Um, the whole thing, because I think part of the the charm of whiskey and and why we love whiskey so much is you know we can sit around, you know, a microphone or a table and we can sort of chat about ourselves and some yes. of our stories and stuff through whiskey. And so uh, it's really nice to sort of get a little bit of info and what's going on in life because actually it provides context and and that's mm-hmm. important for whiskey too. Um, oh yeah, especially but, like yeah. tasting notes and stuff. They don't really mean anything outside of the person who's tasting them. Um, yeah. Because what you're you're detecting is a lot of times has, says more about you than it does about the whiskey to a certain right. extent, and yeah. and so if you don't give your context or your person, you know your personality or what have you, it's just a well, something that looks like a quasi scientific thing, but really isn't. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Right. Agreed. I agree. So, um, so yeah, and it's sort of reading through even just the the first little bit of uh, your blog, you've been doing a lot of antique, dusty yeah, hunting yeah. and finding some really neato stuff, um, yes. including. So, so you're a Four Roses guy. That's your. I'm a Four Roses fanboy. I'm I'm not yeah. going to uh, to hide that. Uh, no, it's good. It's good. We we you know everybody's got their their sweetheart, right? So apparently, I really like whiskey made in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, because I I'm also a wild turkey. Fanboy, so <laughs> who knew? There you go. I like it. So tell us a little bit about this, uh, the Paul Jones that you found, and yes. what is Paul Jones? And sort of give us a little bit of uh, info about that because I'm not sure if a lot of people are so familiar with the name. Sure, uh, Paul Jones. That's one of the people who are credited with creating the brand Four Roses. Um, I say one of the people because Four Roses says it is. Other historians have looked at it and said, well. 
He owned it for a time. He popularized it, but he may not have been the one who actually started it. Either way, it doesn't matter for our story. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's 100 plus years ago at a certain point. If you don't have the records, you don't have them. Um, so because, you know, we're in North America, we don't, we don't know from history here. Um, things, are, things are 40 years old. Did they even exist back then? Right. <laughs> exactly. But uh, um, Paul Jones... He had a lot of brands, and uh, basically this was one of them. He, uh, he apparently named one after himself, um, which I guess I would too. If it, I was going to say, I would probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you not? Exactly. Right? So you're like, you've had a little whiskey, and you're thinking to yourself, I can't think of a name. Yeah, it's my whiskey. Screw it. It's my whiskey, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I found this bottle at a uh, – at an actually at a uh, – bottle and advertising show um, that was being held here in the Twin Cities. And this is, this is a bottle that was picked up by the guy selling it. I, he, he dug it up himself. I don't know where. I didn't really, he was busy talking to somebody. I just wanted the price. And when he told me how cheap it was, I said, yes, here, take my money, please. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, it was empty, which sad, but yeah, I uh, I just thought it was really cool being a Four Roses fanboy. This is something that I don't have. I mean, I have other old Four Roses bottles that I've picked up here and there, but this was one that I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I went to date this bottle, which is fun in, in and of itself because there's so many little tiny things that you can that you can find that are just kind of built into the bottle itself that'll help you know when it's made and uh, who made it and things like that that kind of give you a little bit of clue on, on when it might have been made and how old this thing is, I found absolutely nothing that could tell me how old this bottle was <laughs> right. because there were no seams. It, was a, it didn't look to be um, you know, sloppily made. It was a really, really nicely made bottle. So it should have been made using a mold, but there was no mold seams. I had no idea what's going on with this thing. Oh, amazing. Um, so... And it was one of the few that I actually had that happen to because there were certain, you know, I, f- I found a bunch of stuff. The apparently Bureau of Land Management here in, a, in the United States, somewhere along the way, decided that they needed to have somebody put together a, uh, a, a how-to, as it were, to, uh, to date bottles that people were finding. Not exactly sure why, but uh, <laughs> it's no longer affiliated with them, but like 10, 12 years ago it was. So it still has their logo on it and stuff. But uh, yeah, no help on this one at all. It's just a plain glass bottle with a, uh, with a, a piece of, of embossed glass stuck to its shoulder. That's just Paul Jones Whiskey, Louisville, Kentucky. Amazing. It's like, it's like I would almost describe it as like a, a jug. Yes. Like it's it's yeah. a total whiskey. Like it's a jug. Yes. It's, it's awesome looking. It's very cool. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely, I, as soon as the guy said eight bucks, I couldn't like, get my money to him fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> can you, I mean, can you smell any whiskey on the bottom or it's just completely <laughs> absent? Of no, anything? no. This is, this thing has been sitting around for probably 120, 130 years, probably underground. Oh There's, my God. Nothing, eh? Nothing. Well, this also for me like begs the question, what are we as, you know, the current whiskey people, are there any bottles that we have right now that are going to stand that test of time? Like, I cannot necessarily think of anything that has so much sort of care put into it that, you know, in however many years people are going to look at, you know, a bottle of Four Roses, just the regular old Four Roses yellow label and, and, you know, throw more than a dollar at someone for exactly so so it it is almost kind of like a lost art of that like the bottle making and and you know i don't think i can't off the top of my head think of anything that would sort of even come close to it nowadays well there are a lot of people who make some really really pretty bottles Mm -hmm. the unfortunate thing is is that we're all really big into recycling right now right uh, so how many of them are actually going to stick around uh, yeah. Now, to be honest, um, like that Paul Jones bottle, one of the reasons why it might not show any um, 
any you know signs of when it was made or anything like that is because they did reuse the bottles back then a lot right. of times. Right. So mm-hmm. it's entirely possible that this started out as a bottle that was already used once, twice, three times, and they just stuck that uh, that glass seal on the side, which is why there's nothing nothing else on there that's yeah. actually right. built into the bottle itself that tells you what it was from. That makes sense. So I mean, that might be part of it too. Who knows? That the actual bottle might have been made a whole lot earlier than yeah. you know the 1880s, 1890s, which is what I've been able to find online. Other people saying bottles this age are. I have no idea how they figured that out, though. They might be guessing. That's a a great, great point, too, Jamie. It's like you can't, um, you know, with with today, there's so many bottles of whiskey produced, which bottles would test uh, would would be that expensive or would be worth money. And then you look at the bottles like like the McAllen M series, right? Like, well, I was right? just going to say, say, but yeah. they don't make enough of those. Like, and people right. that have five grand to dish over for whiskey are probably not. I don't, I don't know what they're doing with those bottles. They're probably just going to be nice decanters for them afterwards, right? Well, I, that's what I was going to say. Like looking at the old Fitzgerald that you've you've put on your website, Eric. There's a mm-hmm. it's a beautiful decanter of right. a, a, and it's old Fitzgerald. Um, and it's not, you know, and probably nor was it ever a $5,000 bottle. Right. Like when you get a Macallan M or, you know, one of those uh, like insanely beautiful, like properly made bottles, like you're paying a pretty penny. This was sort of like the norm. Um, yeah, it seems to you know, be. Yeah, I mean, back you, you, in the day. I mean, there are so many bottles that I, that I, that I look at as I go through, um, go through antique stores and things like that. That they are, I mean, now there are definitely some plain bottles, you know, but there are a lot, a lot of them that that are not. But I wonder at some point if that's not a selection bias because Mm. we keep things that look nicer, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You're more apt to not throw it away if it actually looked good, so it looks like the higher majority of them looked good, even though maybe they didn't. Yeah, you're probably right. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, and you've also been uh, stepping away from whiskey a little bit as well. Uh, you've been going into other spirits. Yes, um, whiskey's gotten expensive. As Jamie said, whiskey's getting expensive. Uh, you know, yes. you've talked about it on your blog. We're like, we're paying a lot of money for stuff. Um, and so you've, you're kind of starting that exploration outside of that. Tell us about that a little bit. Sure. I, uh, I, I realized at a certain point that I had $70 that I was going to drop on a single bottle of whiskey, right? And, and I thought to myself, you know, when I was, buy, like I was buying something for my, my father, who was a brandy drinker, he's from Wisconsin. Everybody in Wisconsin drinks brandy almost exclusively. Mm. And, and I've been trying to expand his palate because he likes just the cheapest Corbell brandy um, that, that he can buy. Um, he says, it's always good. I always like it. But I'm like, Dad, you've been drinking this one thing for 40 years. Um, Maybe it's time to to try to appreciate other things. And so I'll buy him a cognac or an Armagnac or something like that for Christmas just to kind of expand his horizons a little bit. Right. And I realized I was paying less for those than I was for bourbon, <laughs> which <laughs> struck me as weird because when I was growing up, like the, the visual shorthand for rich person was brandy in a glass. That's right. You know? You know, yes. that, that was, this was a sophisticated dude who, who took the time to enjoy things and had the money to spend on them. And he's sitting there drinking cognac. Um, right. He wasn't sitting there drinking, drinking bourbon for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I realized that bourbon is more expensive for many things than, than you know, a, a good cognac or a good Armagnac, I started thinking, I might need to start branching out a little bit. And, and so... I, uh, I started a series that basically I would explore other, other spirits, other age spirits in, in the same price point as I've been spending on, uh, on bourbon. So, you know, somewhere from 30 to $70 and I would just see what I could find. I've, I've, I've tried rums and brandies and, um, apple brandy, you know, things like that, that are aged and and such but uh yeah that's that's a fun that's been a fun experience and uh i'm continuing on with that in the coming weeks as well now that the uh bottom shelf brackets are done that's nice. awesome well what what ha, what have you been gravitating towards the most um i find that i that there are a that the most that the things i can call like a whiskey replacement because mm-hmm. that's 
that's kind of I have I have like basically two levels. I have either something that's really tasty, mm-hmm. but it won't scratch that itch if I have if I really want a whiskey. Right. And, and then there are other ones that come really close. Like uh, and 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 like there was a a Corbell twelve year old um, brandy from uh, California that I found was basically a whiskey replacement. It scratched all the same same notes that I would uh, that I would want from a uh, from a bourbon, and it was like forty bucks. So I mean, it wasn't scary expensive or anything either. Awesome. Yeah, uh, rums I, I tend to find are good. They're really tasty. They're inexpensive, but they're not really hitting that same that same itch, as it were. If I'm just open to whatever that night, I, rum is definitely in the conversation. If I'm looking for a whiskey, I'm probably not going to reach for the rum. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, there was this big, um, you know, push. You know, I, I recently had, was fortunate enough to have the, um, uh, like, a whiskey, a bourbon from the 80s and just a different flavor and that you get from a product that was, you know, produced in an era where, uh, there wasn't a lot of demand for it, and so right. you had these really great products for very like it was a ten dollar whiskey back then. Um, and I feel like you know rum obviously is a big ma- major produced product, but there there are these like smaller parts of the rum world and certainly right. mezcals where you have affordable products that are just so like the authenticity is there mm-hmm. and it's like not overly known and there's just so much there to explore. I, I would agree with you. I, I think that's you make a great point. Like it's. If you're looking for a whiskey, mezcal generally doesn't satisfy that flavor profile I'm looking for, but occasionally does. There's some rums that do, sure. um, and there's definitely a lot to explore there um, because, yeah, frankly, um, we're already seeing the and, I, and and Jamie, you and I, we need to have have a whole podcast about this about the changes in the laws around mezcal and how this is going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, how that's going to affect the mezcals of the future. Um, you know, some of the mezcals being produced now may may just disappear, may not be around in 10 years, and you'll have the same sort of movement where like, man, 10 years ago, this bottle of mezcal would have been worth so much money. Sure. Uh, it's going to be worth so much money in 10 years because they just don't make it the same anymore. Right. right. Yeah. No, very, very cool. Um, going back to the brackets, uh, tell yeah. us who won. Uh, let's tell us uh, kind of your surprises and who won. Sure. Uh, my surprises, I'll start there because there were a lot of them this time around. Um, I was, like I said, I was really, really shocked that um, a store brand beat out last year's champion. Now, part of that might have been that over the course of the past year, they dropped the six-year age statement on, off of uh, Fighting Cock, and so now it is a no-age statement whiskey mm-hmm. um, that relies mostly on heat, it feels like, to uh, to give you its... its uh, it's punch, and and so that was that one was sad. I knew that the age statement went away, obviously, I, as I looked at the bottle. But uh, I figured that the the quality would kind of hang around a little bit more. But in my opinion, it 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 just didn't. It was uh, so that was that was a sad surprise, but also a happy surprise that hey, a cheap little uh, um, you know store brand was just yeah. as good, if not yeah. better. Yeah. So that was kind. of... That was kind of awesome. And we should explain. So uh, with heat, you mean, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the aging process, uh, you, can, you can kind of, you know, you can increase the rate of that uh, wood extraction by putting those barrels in a very hot environment. So um, whether you have a barrel aged for, 16, for six years rather naturally or maybe aged for four or five years, but just in a very hot spot of the uh, warehouse, that does affect the flavor. You may get a lot of oak notes and everything else, but you may be missing some of the tannins and some of the more complexity you're, you're looking towards the middle and end. So you're saying it seemed like it was kind of like rapidly aged. and No, I'm saying that it was like melt your face off hot. Oh, oh, so oh, it like the even... alcohol, like yeah, was like was... a... oh, that way. Alcohol. Okay, oh, so it's just it was just underaged, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> amazing. It's just, okay, just wasn't good. Um, oh, oh, wow. Because, like I said, it won last year. Yeah. So, so over the course of last year, the quality of that just seems to have have dropped. Um, and this which... is the problem in this price bracket, right? Because and this is why I find this very interesting. Because in this price bracket, you know, the producers aren't necessarily that obsessed about consistency because a lot of people buying whiskey in this price bracket are probably mixing it so for somebody that just loves whiskey and wants to drink it straight this is a really interesting like it is it is almost like a college team right every year it changes there's so much can change from year to year exactly and that's kind of one of the reasons why um why i decide why i last year i decided to uh, bring in the champion from the year before and this year i decided to do the last two years just because 
I was curious. I mean, more than anything, that, that's why I do this. I want to find the, the answers out. Um, I, I, the first time around, I had somebody ask me, they go, this seems like an awful lot of work for cheap whiskey. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I can't afford to, to have a lot of, of uh, you know, really, really good whiskeys all the time. I have to have something that, that well, two reasons. One, it's just a matter of cost. I mean, seriously, at a certain point, if your shelf has, you know, 25 amazing whiskeys and no regular ones, well, what are you going to do when you want a cocktail? What are you going to exactly. do when you want a, uh, when you don't need to have something that, that, you know, that good, I guess, as it were. But the, the other reason is, how are you going to appreciate those if you don't have something to contrast it against? Yeah. And that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, I love Wild Turkey 101. That is one of my favorite whiskeys. It's always on my shelf. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not going to like some of their, you know, the Master's Keep or something like that. But how am I going to appreciate Master's Keep if I haven't had, you know, something like the 101? For sure. You know. So that's the other reason that that I that I do this. But uh, but the other surprises um, were what the wild how weak the wild turkey was. Honestly, that shocked me. I was I was floored when I figured out which one was which. Um, And uh, and the winner was also kind of a shock, though it shouldn't have been because I've had discussions in the past about this where uh, people were like, oh, if you had that in there, that would cl- wipe the floor with them. Mm. And it did. It's the very old Barton. Yeah. Uh, even at the 86 proof, it was, it was just, you know, hands down the, uh, the best in its division. And uh, also it, it was better than the uh, corporate cousin, the Buckhorn, the uh, store brand. And that was the other big surprise is that the store brand made it all the way to the, to the, to the last, the last uh, pair. It did. Yeah. So. That's so, cool. Way to go, Barton. Yeah, <laughs> no, very old Barton. And, and I mean, I've, I've visited that distillery. It is very. Um, old. It's very old. I'm just they, kidding. <laughs> no, well, it is old, but it's also, it uses, uh, it uses coal um, uh, as, a, as a way of uh, heating up the water and, and fermentation and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Uh, it's, it's a clean coal solution. So you, you can go in the building and there's just, you don't smell coal or any, right. any sort of uh, contamination or anything like that. So it's a very, it's clean burning. Um, but that was just a shocker. Like this actually takes coal. I, we, we had, like, it was very shocking and it's definitely a factory. It, it is just, it's designed yes, it to produce whiskey and other spirits. They, they do and, vodkas and gins and things like oh, that. Yes. They, they, they do a lot of that stuff. And, and, and the funny thing is, is that, I mean, even if you're going to go visit the very first thing you have to do to get to the, um, to get to the visitor center is to stop and talk to the gate guard. Who's, uh, you know, who's going to let you in and point you, okay, you go down this road, not that one, because that one's the factory and this one's the other one, you know, sort of thing. So, Oh, yeah. Jamie, you won't be surprised by this at all, but Glenn and I, of course, got lost in that distillery because uh, <laughs> we, we were there after hours. We were driving the car and then they, um, they did a tasting and then we're like, okay, we're out of here. And then we're like... Where do we go? We turned left. We turned right. We're like visiting other warehouses up on the cliff. We went somewhere else. This like literally yeah. does not surprise me. At and all. Eventually, and then because we reached the gate and it was closed, and then yeah. we're like, "Is this the gate we're supposed to get out of?" And it's closed or whatever. And it took us. It took us a little while to get out of the distillery. I believe that hundred <laughs> percent. Well, I suppose there are worse places to be trapped. Oh, I, I know. know. You could survive. You'd be fine. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, I actually have a question. Now that you're yeah. uh, feeling a little better, did your pneumonia affect your palate like crazy? Yes. Like, oh my goodness, yes. I and still, are you are you still sort of getting back on track, or what's what's going on it's, with that? It's it's been you know close on a month now since I uh, since I was quote over it um, right, and uh, although. Over it is a is a gradient, not a not a hard right. cutoff. But uh, I would say this past weekend is the first time I felt comfortable um, tasting something. Yeah, and because I mean, we had one pour left of of our bottle of, of Wild Turkey Masters Keep, mm-hmm. and my wife, who has had cancer in the past, had just come back from a, a you know clean bill of health because she has to get oh. checkups every once in a while, and so she's like, I'm going to have this. Yes. I'm going to pour you one yes. so that you can have it when you're better. Yes. And I had it, and it tasted like ethanol. Oh. And it made me so sad. So yeah. sad. And I was like, oh, I am so happy I have another bottle of this. But Yes. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, it really messed up my palate um, for 
goodness, you know, three, four weeks after, wow. after I was, you know, off the uh, antibiotics and yeah. on the bend. Well, we're glad that you're better. Yeah. Me too. Because <laughs> I like whiskey that, I like whiskey to taste good. Yes, you I, do. I don't want whiskey to taste like vodka. It's <laughs> right. kinda, oh, it's so upsetting. It really, really was. I was yeah. just like, I know this is me and not it. Yes. I don't blame you, whiskey. I don't blame you, Master's Keep. I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is your fault. I'm just not worthy. Oh, Honestly, no. at this point, I'm not. <laughs> but, and you make it, that's a great point, too, because your palate doesn't return all at once. It returns kind of in slower stages. Like, oh, I can taste whiskey now, but can I smell whiskey? Like, right, right. what notes? Exactly. Um, I end up doing like a palate calibration thing. Where, like, I take like four or five whiskeys I know and make sure I can pick stuff out and just right. kind of like, it really takes a while because you have to, you, you almost have to build up your confidence back on what right. your flavor profile That's is and what point. you're picking up flavors. Really um, yeah. So yeah, you can be feeling better and then still be like a week or two before you're kind of, and it, it's almost, you work at it. You're almost, you're yeah. almost training again. You're like, okay, yeah. what's the smell like? What am I getting yep. here? What's going on here? Um, and working through it. It's a, it's, it's a big, you know, when you, when you write about whiskey, it's, it's a big deal when you, have it really cold. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, it's, I'm so happy that my wife, does all our tasting notes together with me yeah, that's for great. the blog yeah. and stuff because then I had somebody to like throw things against like right this is this is what I'm I'm, I'm getting mint is is mint right yeah mint? yeah and she's like <laughs> and, yes there yes yes and and also someone who knows your palate and and right. understands sort of like what you would get from it and and right. that's part of it because yeah context is totally part of it and and one day you could taste something and then the next day it could be completely different but to have someone who knows you and to like who knows what you like and and can kind of anticipate those things uh, it's really nice to be able to like bounce those ideas off of them and be like exactly. oh, okay yeah I oh mean, so I am still tasting just you know crazy weird things exactly yeah. I- <laughs> It was oh, it was a it was a rough month and a half. Just yes. yeah, I mean, not only do you feel bad, but they took whiskey away from you too. I know, <laughs> I know, it's so mean. You should just you. I hope you're making up for it now. Well, that's why. That's why I'm having the Jack Daniels rye, single barrel rye as opposed to you know like the the Evan Williams 1783 that's still on my shelf. That's oh, right. Dying trying to right. Jack Daniels rye. I know. Oh, dying we'll do it. it. We'll do it. I am. Uh, I'm just going to keep rubbing it in that I have it. Then, <laughs> yep. Go do for it, it, man. Do it. Post <laughs> a picture of it. We'll all like it. Like it's going to be go. great. It's going to be great for sure. For sure. For sure. You're Thank awesome. You. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for coming on. Uh, you can find Eric on bourbonguy.com. And what is your Twitter handle? You got a couple, right? Uh, I have. I have one that I use. I had one that I reserved for kind of a future thing that never came about. So I should probably let that go, and I probably shouldn't admit to having that since I don't. You're supposed to have more than one. We can but edit anyway. whatever you want out of yeah. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, my, my my Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at at a rock a r o k. Although I pronounce it Eric, it's just because I got. Someone creative. already got Eric. <laughs> no, I, I got creative with a label maker once when I was in college and delivering pizzas for a living, and the <laughs> nickname just sort of stuck. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And thanks again for coming on. And, and uh, it's always such a pleasure to chat with you. And, and uh, please do come back again. Anytime. Anytime. Yes. Are, yeah. you, are we going to see you at Bourbon Week again in September? Yes. yes oh, I awesome. Already, yeah. Uh, my, um, my reservation's made. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be taking the camper down to a, to a KOA and hanging out and having fun. Awesome. Oh, we'll, we'll see you we'll there. See you as well. there. That's great. Looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Awesome. All right, guys, this is so much fun. I'm really glad I got into that Booker's bottle eventually, or you'd be listening to me like hacking away at it with the scissors still. <laughs> scissors? You went with the scissors? Well, the last time I couldn't get into it, I went with the scissors. I almost took a finger off. I was well, like, yeah. okay. But I like, was afraid of. It's not the smartest idea I've ever had, but this time I figured it out. So, you know. Actually, Jamie, uh, give us a preview. How does the uh, next Booker, the next batch of Booker's taste? Um, it's not, I don't know if it's appropriate for me to, to comment on it right now because it's literally the first pour yeah. out of that, uh, bottle. I just opened it. So, uh, and you're still angry about not being able to get in and I'm furious. So, <laughs> yeah. so there's that. <laughs> Um, so it was, it was hot. It was, uh, it was a little hot and, uh, I don't often, like Booker's is, is hot. It's, uh, you know, I think the one, the, the bottles in the next room, but I think it's a 127 proof, which is like no joke. Um, right. 
but uh, you know, it's got that first first pour harshness to it that I expect will mellow out a little bit with all the subsequent pours and now that it's open and I know scientifically there's nothing to back that up but I <laughs> I'm with Mark and that I feel that like you know the first pour is is a bit different than the other one so but you know I'm a, such a big fan of of Booker's and yes. uh you know when you can get into the bottle yeah, well, yeah. You may not be a great fan of the packaging, but you're right. a huge fan of what's inside. I could live without that wax, but like, yeah. but well, no. The other uh, thing I don't yeah. like is is the the sticky goo on the back of the bottle. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, the sticky goo that tapes it to the box. I, like, I, yeah. I, I don't even like the box to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm sorry, am I going to be saying something extreme? But I, the box just drives me nuts. I don't mind the box. I don't I, mind the box. I, I found right. uses for empty boxes. I, I have a shelf in my house that 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 just holds little knickknacks and stuff that I made out of a box. My wife has a planter that I've made out of a box. So there are uses for the box, but that <laughs> sticky goo, it doesn't come off either of them. No, and then mm. it gets on your fingers and right. it's just like kind of a disaster. You're right. I, mean, I feel like I could like just palm the bottle with that goo if it yeah. did me right. Oh, you could. Oh, yeah. No, you could do full upside down, yeah. like bottle stuck to your hand. Like that's how it's like <laughs> – you're like, did they use this in construction sites? Like, I don't understand. Like, right. I just want some whiskey. Like, how yeah. is this happening? <laughs> I don't understand why it needs to be so strong. I mean, super yes, strong. I don't want them falling out of the box in Absolutely. transport, but at the same time, really? <laughs> it is right. 2016. Yeah. We can yeah. figure this out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> magnets. I, I think they should just use magnets. Oh, magnets fun. would be great. Let's do that. <laughs> Excellent. Let's workshop that, and we'll uh, present it to Jim Beam, and maybe we'll all be millionaires. Who knows? Right, exactly. It could be a next venture for us, you guys. Um, But this was super fun. Thanks again. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. Thanks, guys. And uh, do remember to follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. It's The Whiskey Topic, um, as well as uh, do rate us on iTunes. We like ratings. They're great. Good ratings. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Is that guys. too forceful? No, no, no. That's perfectly Jamie. Not forceful, okay. perfectly Jamie. <laughs> oh my god. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.